Good morning. It is Thursday, September 10th, 2020, and you are listening to the JB Font Show. And I am JB Font, your host today. Today we're going to be talking about an interesting topic that has um, really been on my mind lately, especially since um, we've had a lot of liberals and neoliberals on Twitter vilifying one of my friends and followers, Ryan Knight, on Twitter. He's known as Proud Socialist, and I've been getting to a few Twitter kerfuffles lately with some people on there, and one of the things that they were talking about was how we just need to vote for Biden and get Trump out. And while Trump himself is a demon. That's right, I said demon. And the way he is, and the way he operates, and the way he governs. I see no. I see Joe Biden as nobody different than Trump. Um, but it, it begs the question, what does the Democratic establishment really want? And that's really the title of my episode today. What does the Democratic establishment and the consulting class really want? I can tell you right now is that they don't want to win. They have no intention of really winning. And by winning, I mean doing things for the American people. One of the evidences of this you saw, especially, was during the primary. Um, during the primary, you look at how Joe Biden ran his campaign. Now, I am thoroughly convinced that after looking at Joe Biden's performance that he's he's not running at all eight cylinders like he used to. And so there is some noticeable cognitive decline within Joe Biden. But, also, his campaign has been hiding him since the beginning of the primary. So look at how poorly his campaign has been run. It was even shown in the New York Times that Biden was barely seen in any of the Super Tuesday states. Like, what? The Super Tuesday states are essential and Biden didn't even bother to show up so somebody who's really set on winning they would be campaigning non-stop but not Joe Biden a winner would have been campaigning non-stop but not Joe Biden look at what else he's doing among Democrats, Medicare for all polls at 88% among Democrats, 69% among all voters. And Joe Biden said on Lawrence O'Donnell's show, the last word, that if the House and the Senate had passed 
passed Medicare for all, and they put the bill on his desk to be signed into law. Joe Biden said that he would veto it. One of the most popular policies in the nation, and Joe Biden said he would veto it. And we are in a pandemic where people have lost their employment and their health care is tied to their employment. That's asinine. That's crazy. That's not somebody who wants to win. Andrew Yang was a huge, perhaps the sole proponent of universal basic income, UBI. And a lot of people looked at it and said, oh, that's a pie-in-the-sky idea. That would never happen. We would never need it. Three minutes later. <laughs> Look at what we need now. You have people who need funding. They're without their jobs. Some people have lost their businesses. They have no way to survive. We're in the middle of a pandemic. And we are now in need of what we call an emergency UBI. And Joe Biden is not behind it. Just these two things alone would make Joe Biden deeply popular if he ran on these two things. But Joe Biden is not looking to win. The Democratic establishment is not looking to win. These things are popular. These things would deeply help the material conditions of Americans within this country. And he does not want to do it. Joe Biden also does the opposite of what even Trump does regarding his base. Donald Trump is always feeding his base consistently. Every single time, every point he gets. And one thing I learned, and Kyle Kalinske said this best, is never abandon your base. That's number one of the number one rules in politics. Do not abandon your base. The base of the Democratic Party are the leftists. Yes, leftists. What do I mean by leftists? I mean... Communists, anarchists, democratic socialists, socialists, social democrats, progressives. That is the democratic base. And by abandoning them on policies that would improve material conditions, and not just them, but Americans across the spectrum. This means that you are thumbing your nose at them and saying, I don't care about you. I care about courting people from the opposition party. My question is, if you're so staunch on 
supporting the opposition party, why don't you just become part of the opposition party? Why are you courting Republicans as a Democrat? Why not just become a Republican? You govern like one. You vote like one. You speak like one. It's like being a duck. You walk like a duck. You talk like a duck. You, you know, you act like a duck. But you call yourself an alligator. <laughs> You have all the characteristics of a duck. And you behave as an alligator. And you call yourself an alligator. You don't even behave as an alligator. <laughs> this is Joe Biden. One of the things that I wanted to talk about. And this also shows that. They are not trying to win is that there was a meeting held over a year ago in April. That meeting was a Stop Bernie meeting. You heard that right. Stop Bernie. It wasn't Stop Trump. It was a Stop Bernie meeting. And what did this meeting entail? Well, this meeting was held by some of the higher-ups in the Democratic establishment. And this meeting was pretty significant. And there was a quote by someone in the meeting by the name of David Brock. He's a liberal organizer. And he said, there's a growing realization that Sanders can end up winning this thing, or certainly that he stays in so long that he damages the actual winner. He said he had discussions with other operatives about anti-Sanders campaign and believes they should commence sooner rather than later. One of the things that they don't want was Bernie Sanders to win? Why is that? Because that means that their gravy train stops. You see, the way Washington works is if they have a villain, they can play the good cop. And if they can play the good, good cop and have a bad cop, then they can just say, look, we're trying to fight the bad cop. Please, send us more donations. Send us more money. You, those of you who are oligarchs, send us the maximum. We have large corporate packs. Send as much money to those as you can. And then they use that apparatus to create more money, to get more money, to keep that gravy train going. And then as they do that, one of the things that they have now is basically a slush fund off the backs of the bad cop. And in this case, the bad cop are people like Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump. 
those are the bad cops. They don't really want to get rid of them. Because the money's too good. Why would they get rid of them? Who was at this meeting? What says here in a New York Times article says the gatherings have included scores from the moderate or center-left wing of the party. They're not fully center-left, by the way. They're actually more center-right. But I digress. Including Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Governor Terry, former Governor Terry McAuliffe, Virginia, and Pete Buttigieg, former mayor of South Bend, Indiana. And then, our favorite, the president of the Center for American Progress, Neera Tanden. These were who were there at the Stop Bernie meeting. They did not want to win. Bernie Sanders had the most support, the most excitement. When you have the excitement of the young people, the older people follow. It's easy as that. There's no rocket science about this. So when you have someone like Bernie that has the most volunteers, the most donations, all grassroots, by the way, and the most excitement. Oh, it's easy. It's like, just get behind him. And he actually has policies that would improve the material conditions of everyday Americans, of the working people. But because it threatened the slush fund, the gravy train of the democratic establishment and the consulting class, they said, no, 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 no. We're not going to have him that. We're not having him. We need somebody else. And so they did everything they could to stop Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was the one who had the best chances of beating Trump. But because they didn't want to put the person who had the best chance to beat Trump as a Democratic nominee, that means they don't care about winning. So that's one of the aspects. And it shows that stopping Trump was never their goal. They don't care about stopping Trump. If they don't care about stopping Trump, then why should some of us care? We were catching hell during the Obama years. And as well as the Trump years. Nothing has really changed. And like Biden said in a meeting, nothing will fundamentally change. When someone tells you who they are the first time, believe them. Wise words by Maya Angelou. Now, there are some on the left who are gritting their teeth and holding their nose and going to vote for Joe Biden anyway as a form of harm reduction. 
For those of you who are doing that, that is your choice. You will not hear any shame from me whatsoever. And if that's what you feel that you need to do, then go ahead and do it. I personally will not be voting for Joe Biden. I see too many similarities between him and Trump. And nothing will fundamentally change anyway. It's going to be all the same. But, I do not and will not condone voter shaming. Especially from people who tell me that my vote doesn't count. You see, the whole if you vote green or don't Mm -hmm. vote, then it's a vote for Trump. Is disingenuous. And it's a stupid take, to be honest. If Joe Biden loses this this election, it is Joe Biden's fault. Nobody else's. He decided to run. He decided to run the campaign, how it's ran. And so the buck stops with him. He is the person who's running. The campaign has his name on it. So if he loses, it's his fault. He has MSNBC behind him. He has papers like the New York Times and the Washington Post behind him. He has all this apparatus. He has more apparatus than Bernie would have had. But guess what? He doesn't care about winning. It's not about that. It's the illusion of fighting. It's the facade of fighting that he's putting up right now. So people like me, we're tired of playing the good cop, bad cop. For right now, Trump is the bad cop and Biden is the good cop. And then when you vote for either one of them, then they're going to make out like bandits financially and we're going to be stuck left holding the stick with poop on it (laughs) with flies all around us and we're tired of it we're tired of getting the short end of the stick and so I think I made a pretty solid case that they don't want to win and so the choice is up to you If you want to continue with the duopoly or not, or if you feel that you can fight Biden tooth and nail after he probably wins, then fine. But we will discuss this more after a short break. And I want to discuss after the break what we want and how we can get it. And we'll be doing this after our break on the TJS, the DJB Fun Show. Welcome back to the TJS, the DJB Fun Show. 
In our previous segment, we were speaking about what does the Democratic Establishment Consulting class really want. And now we're going to be discussing about what we really want. Especially a lot of those who are part of the base. Those of us who are on the left. What do we really want? Well, what we want are policies. The left is very policy heavy because these are the things that really matter. Anything that's performative, it's just window dressing. It doesn't really improve the lives of everyday Americans, everyday working people and poor people. Some of these I've already discussed in the previous segment. Things were like Medicare for all. You know, you have a lot of people who are losing their health care because they was tied to their employment. And we already were losing 64,000 people per year because they don't have health care. That number will go up exponentially because of this crisis during COVID. So we need Medicare for all. And I explained Medicare for all in the previous episode about what it means and what it will do for actual Americans. Another one would be the Green New Deal. I'm not sure of how many of you follow on Twitter but are seeing the news. But the West Coast is on fire. So much smoke and ash is in the air that when you go outside in the middle of the day, it is red. The atmosphere is red. This looks like something out of a sci-fi movie. It is ridiculous. This is climate change and an ecological crisis that we have on our hands. And the fact that this isn't being dealt with with maximum effort is ridiculous. And we have a presidential nominee, well, both nominees, that are either doing subpar policy to combat the crisis or none at all. UBI, universal basic income, is something else that is absolutely needed during this crisis. People cannot afford to live, especially when they have lost their job. Some people are having trouble even getting unemployment because the apparatus is shot. And so when you have people who are dealing with this, They're suffering. I know many people who are suffering right now because of it. And people are losing their homes. There were stories from 
out in the uh, West Coast where people were being evicted from their homes because they couldn't afford their rents because they may have gotten a job too late and they didn't make enough on their paycheck in order to pay their rent even though they're months behind because they were looking for a job the entire time. Emergency UBI is absolutely necessary. You have people who are going through hell right now and it's no fault of their own. This is something that is really a politically a no-brainer. You would be a star among the people if you passed this legislation. Democrats would be a star among the people if they did this. Because then guess what? Their material conditions would be improved and you would have saved them from the belly of the beast. But it's all about political will. And they don't want to. They don't want to win. Another piece of policy that we want is defunding the police. Now, for many people who are listening, I didn't say abolish law enforcement. I said defund the police. There's a difference. What do we mean by that? It means taking some of the funds that go to police and municipalities and reallocating them back to communities to help communities to grow and combat the causes for crime. This is what we want to do. Crime exists in areas where people don't have the resources to be able to, to survive. People commit crimes of opportunity and people are committing crimes of desperation. And since they're doing this, they're getting locked away for just trying to survive. If we can change that, if we can shift that so that they are thriving, well then, it actually brings the crime rate down. And so some people will think, oh, it's a little too simple, simplistic, but actually, no, it's not. It's basically, you know, simple math. This is one of the reasons why I look at 10 Demands for Justice. You can follow them on Twitter and read the 10 Demands. But these demands are with, you know, defunding the police, as well as ending things like qualified immunity, as well as many other different criminal justice policies that would directly impact our communities for the better. 
some of the things that we want, we have to put it into action that we want it. The, we can't sit there and wait for politicians to give it to us. We have to demand it. And how do we do that? Voting works, but only isn't one part of a whole. We have more that we have to do. One of the things that we have to do is we keep protesting. We keep to the streets. We do the best that we possibly can. And we also do things like direct action. This is also necessary because this assists with people who may be protesting so that they are able to keep themselves up. But it also, it puts pressure on politicians so that we are able to get the policies that are needed to improve the material lives, material conditions for the lives of Americans. Direct action can also include things like strikes, mutual aid, fundraising. It can be fundraising for somebody's GoFundMe. It can be fundraising for funds for people who need bail money because they were unjustly arrested by cops during a protest. We need to put pressure on our members of government and not just the ones who are in Washington. No, 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 no. You need to put pressure on city council as well as state legislator, the state senate, and the state house. They also need to have pressure put on them. And also, I will add, I don't care if you even have just a GED. I want you to run for state congress or federal congress. I don't care. Run. Run for city council. Run. Make it a grassroots campaign. Get these particular uh, policies as your platform and run. Why? Because we need people who understand what we're going through in government and people who will fight for us. We have to take it upon ourselves. Nobody else is going to do this for us. Just to give you guys a little bit of what's going on. I have a friend on Twitter named Alan Axelrod. And what they are doing in the state of Illinois is they are trying to shut off people's utilities during the pandemic. I don't know if you've ever been in a home where your electricity has been shut off during the summertime, but I have. And I have seen children in my family go through it. 
It's horrible. Especially when it's between 90 and 100 degrees outside. People are suffering. Even the ones who are healthy, that's a horrible condition. Can you imagine people who may have different ailments or conditions and they can't be in the heat and now they're getting shut off? They can't even go online to look for jobs in order to be able to pay on things. It's crazy. So I want to applaud my friend Alan Axelrod and the No Amarin Shutoffs campaign that he's leading in Illinois. And if you're in Illinois, please put some pressure on the governor to fight this and to keep people from having their utility shut off. Because this is one of the direct actions that I was speaking of. This is something that we need to fight for. Because people have already been suffering. Why are we allowing their plight to be added to? So, please do that. There was a quote by Frederick Douglass. And I'm going to see if I can pull it off. But this is so deeply important. And I want to read it in full because it really puts into scope of what we're going through. And it's a salient point that we have going on right now and we have to keep this in mind and we put ourselves in a position where we have to keep going there's no letting up because they won't let up here's a quote by Frederick Douglass he said power concedes nothing without demand it never did and it never will Find out just what any people will quietly submit to, and you will have found out the exact measure of injustice and wrong which will be imposed upon them. And these will continue till they are resisted with either words or blows or both. He said, It never did and it never will find out what any people will quietly submit to and you will have found out the exact measure of injustice and wrong in which they will be opposed upon them and they will continue until they are resisted with words or blows or with both that means the powerful are not going to give up what they have they are going to hold on to it until you demand it. And then. To the people who submit. 
they are going to find out how far they can take it with you. They're going to find out how far they can push the envelope with you to allow you to suffer and feel injustice. And it will keep going until you get to the point where you're either in their face yelling at them or you're outright fighting them. Or both. This is what it means. The things that we have to do, we have to fight for. We must fight for our dignity and the life we deserve. And so these are the things that we want. And this is how we can get what we want. In the next part of my program on the TJS, I'll be back with my conclusions and my final thoughts. Once again, this is the TJS. Welcome back to the TJS. This is JB Fonts. And our first segment really dealt with what the what does the democratic establishment and the consulting class really want we discussed how poorly the Biden campaign was ran, how they didn't run the campaign that they wanted to win, how the establishment doesn't really want to win, how they did campaigns to stop Bernie Sanders, they don't support things like uh, emergency Medicare for all or emergency UBI. They thumbed their nose at the left and stopping Trump wasn't really their goal in the first place. It was really just to play good cop, bad cop and, you know, keep the gravy train going, so to speak. Uh, in our second segment, we actually discussed about what we, want, what we as the American people should be fighting for, especially those of us on the left, what we want. Things like Medicare for All, UBI, the 10 demands for justice, and Green New Deal. And we discussed how we can achieve this, not just by voting, but also by direct action, including strikes, mutual aid, fundraising. And we also discussed, you know, that power concedes nothing without a demand, quoted by Frederick Douglass. So here are my conclusions and thoughts on the matter on this episode. Politicians are our employees. We must make them our subordinates. They do not have power over us. We have power over them. Elections are job interviews. That's all they are. They're interviewing to either keep their job or to get the job. And our job as 
of the American people is either to fire them or keep them on. If we fire them, then we replace them with somebody that can actually do the job. And by doing the job, it's a job that either maintains things that are beneficial for us to keep in place or to improve the material conditions of us as American citizens so that we can have a better life. If they're not doing that, then why in the hell are we keeping them there? To have a government by and for the people, the people must speak up not just every four years, but every day. Every four years, we have this huge hoopla of who's going to be running for president, and then we also have some congressional seats, and we talk about that. But really, we need to speak up every day. Politics is life and death. We have to treat it as such. Politics means whether we go to war or not. Politics means more than just will we get funding for that new road. Politics also means whether you have clean drinking water or not. Whether your food is safe or not. Whether your air is safe to breathe. Politics is life or death. Politics means that whether someone has regulations to make sure that your car is produced properly and manufactured properly. Whether the baby food that you put in your baby is manufactured in a safe manner. Whether the restaurant you go to is handling the food that you eat safely. Politics is life and death. It is so deeply important. Just as you eat every day, you have to care about these things every day. It's easier said than done. I know. It can be very depressing, especially especially this election cycle. Believe me. But it doesn't mean that we still shouldn't give it deep consideration. If you ever get a chance, and if it doesn't trigger you, because we do have triggers that can deeply affect us. But I want you to see the images of what's happening to people in places like Yemen and, and in Syria. That's politics. That is what some in our government are allowing to happen. These things are unconscionably and horrific crimes against humanity and they're being done. And you have some people who are speaking out but then they get vilified for it. People like Julian Assange 
and Edward Snowden and Reality Winner and Chelsea Manning. They got vilified for showing what our government was doing in our name. This has to stop. They had their lives threatened. Politics is life and death. We have to treat it as such. Politics means whether or not you can have publicly funded college so that you can get a degree instead of going into massive debt, you can actually use your education to improve your material condition. Politics is being paid a wage, a living wage, so that you're able to work full time and not have to worry about not being able to live. Politics means whether or not you have a sustainable planet to live on, that you and future generations can thrive. That's what politics means. Politics is life or death. Which side are you on? I know what side I'm on. And that side is to make sure that everyone thrives, including the people who disagree with me. I hope you choose wisely. So, thank you for listening. Please make sure to follow me on Twitter, at JBFont. And you can follow me also on my Facebook page, The JBFont Show. And keep up the good trouble. And I hope to see you in the next one. Take care, everybody.